you know, these neighbors with these disrespectful kids and the guy in the Costco gas line don't know that I once fought two days <laughs> with an arrow through my testicle. That's some hardcore shit right there. Yeah. I wish. No, actually, I don't wish. I, I was going to say, I wish I could fight like that, but I don't want to. I don't want to arrow on my testicles. <laughs> You've already had things sharp around them. Yes. <laughs> oh, yes. One for medical reasons and another not so medical. <laughs> Welcome to the Real Pill Podcast. <laughs> this is your host and writer for your entertainment corner. Kelsey Loisel, and with me today is my co-host, managing editor and writer Screengy Dot Mark Salcedo. Ah, ah, ah! <laughs> I like that. That's the that's the that's the ah. response I always want to get when I say my name. They're like, "Oh, what's your name, Mark?" And I go, "Ah, ah, ah." <laughs> kind of sounds like the count. And I, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> um. If you would like to visit any of our social media pages, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at The Real Appeal, two E's in real. You can also email us at therealappeal at gmail.com. And if you could, pretty please, review us on any of your uh, podcast catchers that you watch or mm-hmm. listen to. And our segments for this week's show... Our, our recent review of Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, our variety time, try this, not that, and our geriatric cinematic is Kingdom of Heaven, which came out in 2005. <laughs> My eye is burning. Why is your eye burning? I don't know. Did you? I told you, you have to wash your hands after you make jalapenos. <laughs> What's the turpic? <laughs> uh, grieving hope and fate in a time of war. Ah. Uh, she's got she's to really wipe her eyes right now. I don't know. It's been happening to me all day. Maybe. Yeah, I, I know it's a little dusty in here. Musty, dusty, crusty. Yeah. Ooh. That's what the kids say all the time. Musty, dusty, crusty. Yeah. Do your kids say? I've never heard that. Yeah. Cameron and Caden say it all the time. Okay. So, let's put our three kids up. My daughter, your two daughters. Which one's musty, dusty, and crusty? Hmm. <laughs> I will say Cameron's crusty. Hmm. Cadence is musty. Okay. Only is dusty. All right. Because so, she don't like to put lotion on. And plus, she gets and all you, that. So, so she's crusty. No, she's dusty. Dusty. Mm, mm, mm. All right. So I say Cadence is musty. Yeah. Mm. Actually, I'm kind of torn because Cadence and Leia, I think they both can be musty. Yeah, but I feel like like Cadence's must mm-hmm. smells like wet dog, which is more musty than Leia. Oh, which just smells like onion. She smells like spaghettios <laughs> okay <laughs> but it, that, that depends that depends on uh, what your preference is some people like the smell of onions <laughs> some people like the smell of spaghettios i don't know who would like that i don't know who like eating spaghettios it's very akin to i used to eat that when i was little yeah but that's like a kid's treat like that's a kid's 
dinner. Like if you if you be an adult who's like, yeah, I like eating spaghettios, then you may you may have to rethink your life. Well, I like them. I don't eat them, but I like them. Yeah, but see, you don't eat them. And let's keep it like that. But what about the Chef Boyardee, you know, spaghetti and meatballs in a can? No. Like, spaghetti shouldn't come out of a can. Why not? I don't know. That just sounds wrong. <laughs> that's like saying, um, what's another thing? That, that's like saying bananas come out of a can. That just sounds wrong. Look, I get some of my uncouthness from my mother. Yeah, I'm trying to break that out of you. I know, like the, the ground beef. Oh, eating raw ground beef? With salt. Some would call that uh, like a French dish. Dish? I forgot what it's called. Poo platter? No. It's like a French... Because I had that once. Uh-huh. I, I went I went to dinner with my kid's mother. This is like years and years and years ago, right? And there's a French restaurant in LA. I don't know if it's still there. Because I went there once. So I got this dish. And I didn't know exactly what I was getting. I was like, all right, this... This looks okay. I think I can eat this. Uh-huh. And I realized it was this kind of just raw meat. Like raw <laughs> hamburger meat. Oh. <laughs> Gross. Needless, needless. Ah, needless to say, even though I'm going to say it. Yeah, I never went back there. <laughs> um, so let me, uh, well, we've already started off, but let me say I hope everybody had a safe Halloween. Did we? The last time we recorded was before it Halloween? It was before Halloween, yeah. Oh, shit. That's how, that's how long it's been. And I feel like we have to apologize for the two weeks we've been off, because I remember we were going to do um, Guillermo del Toro's Cabinet of Curiosities and Creepshow. Uh-huh. And uh, we pushed it one week, and then we pushed it another week, and then finally we're just like, well, we're just not going to do the episode. Yep. Um, a couple of things that came up. Uh, one was Kelsey had, would you say you had a cold or just a really bad cough? It was a cold that mm-hmm. the cough lingered for like two and a half weeks, three weeks. Yeah. Yeah. And right now Kelsey sounds kind of okay. Well, I don't say, I don't want to say kind of, cause we tried recording before. We tried recording last night. <laughs> yeah. Um, but she, she's good enough to record now and she's actually sitting with a nice hot cup of tea to help soothe her throat. Yeah. So if you hear a... <laughs> that's that's just her. Yeah, but Co- now the tea is making me want to blow my nose. Cause it's oh, warm. Cause it's warm. Mm-hmm. That's it. Maybe that's why your eyes get on watery. Cause Maybe. the, the snot's coming up to your eye. <laughs> Maybe I'm just crying because I'm like, I have tea. He's so nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's how you cry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. And another reason why we we didn't record is um. Kelsey and I have we have talked about our mental health problems on this podcast. We're we're upfront about it. It's nothing to be ashamed about. Um, came through a serious bout of what is it? What would you say depression or seasonal depression? I say I, I might say seasonal because that's when it really comes around. I think it's seasonal, but it's weird how it's morphed over time. Yeah, because you used to, I guess, like look at what you're doing and what other people are doing and like compare. Mm-hmm. I don't think you're doing that anymore. Mm-hmm. Not a lot. I think this time it's more like I want to do better for myself. Yeah, I think that's it. It's it's this whole like what what road is in front of me, what path I'm going to take, you know. I'm getting I'm getting up there in age. I should have kind of been some some way 
some form or fashion going in, in a certain direction. And I barely got that going about, what, maybe two years ago or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, you know, I was just not into it. I remember I remember at one point we were sitting down, we were about to record, and I was just like, I don't want to talk about movies. And I know that was yeah. like a, I know that was like a, oh, shit moment for you. Like, oh, he's really. Well, it was because you're like, I don't know if I want to do the podcast anymore. Yeah. And I'm like, I feel like you say that every time you get depressed. <laughs> you don't say it when you're happy. That's true. And, you know, and it's, it's funny because, um, uh, originally we were going to announce that like, okay, we're going to stop doing the podcast and our last episode is going to be, uh, the, the Fablemans with like another, uh, uh, geriatric cinematic, obviously. Um, but I think what yesterday I was like, Hey, let's do this movie. <laughs> <laughs> let's do this movie next week. Yeah. So obviously you still like it. Yeah. I, 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 it is a form of creativity and, and like a bit therapy of, and therapy you know so it it does feel good normally normally after we get done recording i'm like yeah that's a good episode i really like that mm-hmm. that felt great just talking about movies not worried about how the world's crumbling around us yeah you know i have seasonal depression too and i didn't have it until about three years ago uh it's contagious i think i gave it to you you're welcome i, I think i'm starting to feel my um my isolation creep in really on during the holidays because i grew up with like a lot of kids around yeah and we would go to a family's house whether we got along with them or great or not yeah and now i'm just like it's me and my kids like so what am i gonna do like be depressed around them on thanksgiving and then on christmas like so then i'm like oh let like go to your dad's he has other kids there Mm -hmm. sometimes his family comes down Mm -hmm. and um then I feel like either I go to his house, to my ex-husband's house with his wife, yeah, and everybody over there, or I go with like with you to your mom's, and I just feel like a like an orphan. I mean that's that's understandable, but I I like to see you as part of my family, um, not only just because you and I have known each other for so many years, like what seven years? I think it's going on what eight <clears throat> years now, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but like, you know, my mom, you've met my aunt, you're at my aunt's funeral, you know, my brother, uh, Leia sees you like as a second mom. Um, you've met like, you've actually met like my extended family. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually just what last week you're my mother and you like just hung out. Yeah, I'm sorry. Not just hung out. We you like went shopping or whatever. Yeah, we went window shopping for furniture at like four different stores, and we went to Hasco Liquidation Center. Uh, and I found hand soap for two, <laughs> two for three ninety nine. So it's basically they were each two bucks. What was the place called? Hasco. So that's a nice like plug for Hasco. <laughs> like, yeah. Great deals at Hasco. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, and uh, talking about mental health, you know, I found out last week that I am bipolar. Which I thought yeah. I was. And it's good to yeah. know. Like, I don't feel weird about it at all. I feel weird about it. <laughs> about your bipolar. No, no. <laughs> no, We're, we're too matchy-matchy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and to kind of, you know, as Kelsey alluded, I, I do have bipolar disorder. I've been offici- officially uh, di- diagnosed, uh-huh. as I say, um, as having bipolar disorder type one mm-hmm. um and my therapist was like yeah you're type one um but you know we managed we were like we take medication <sighs> fuck we take thank you medication <laughs> uh 
But, you know, we're going to be functioning individuals, functioning uh, part of society, even though society is crumbling around us, you know. I do, just, you know, my last comments on it, Mm -hmm. I do kind of worry about my medication right now because I've been sad for the last three days. Three or four days. So you need a a higher dose. I don't know if it's that or Mm -hmm. if it's just the fact that it helps you stay even, but you're still going to be depressed about things that you're depressed about for real. You know what I mean? Yeah. I remember we had an issue about a month ago. I don't know if you remember. Mm -hmm. And I was actually sad about things. But then, you know, like we talked about, I was perfectly fine after that. Yeah, no, I get you. And that's the thing. When it... I think when it comes to medication, it's not the cure-all of it. Like, you're never going to have a medication that's going to make you feel amazing. Yeah, there's no, there's no like, 100% happy pill and stuff like that. Unless and you're doing drugs and then you die. <laughs> um, but I think, I like to think it's at least manageable. Like, I have, I have like, anxiety issues and I take a couple meds for it. Um, I still have anxiety issues, but, like, they're better managed with the type of medication that I take. Um, as far as my bipolar disorder, I'm, I've jumped on that, on that mood stabilizer that you're on, mm-hmm. um, su- which sucks is I have to take time to like build up to it, mm-hmm. um, which I'm just like, all right, I kind of need it like quickly. <laughs> yeah. I was there. I yeah. like that happened to me. You knew what I was going through in my yeah, old exactly, job. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I don't mean enough about this whole like mental health issues and medication stuff like that well well, look the happy side of that is Mm. we are trying to take care of ourselves period yes yes so i know it sounds bad but it's not yeah we can let it control us or we can be aware of it and then try to i don't don't like use this word fix but maybe manage it tell his bitch ass to sit down (laughs) yeah bitch ass anxiety Mm. fucking imposter syndrome needs to go fuck itself exactly all right, so what are we, um, like I said, enough of us, enough of this sad shit. What are we going to do? What are, what are we, we going to be talking about next? We are going to talk about our recent review of Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Only the most broken people. leaders his people do not call him general or king they called him kukul khan the feather serpent god killing him will risk eternal war. He's coming. For the surface world. The synopsis is, the people of Wakanda fight to protect their home from intervening world powers as they mourn the death of King T'Challa. Written, uh, directed by Ryan Coogler, written by Ryan Coogler and Joe Robert Cole. It stars Letitia Wright, Lupita Nyong'o, Danai Gurira, uh, Winston Duke, Angela Bassett in Tanakwerta. Hi. Hi. <laughs> that was a very sad hi. I don't know. I felt like I, like, I was, like, reading names, uh, and then it was, like, a hard stop. Like, like, my brain wanted to keep going, uh, 
and then I had to stop it. <laughs> you could have kept reading and been like, rest, like, of, rest cast, of cast, Eric is the cover. <laughs> Overall thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> Specific before spoilers. <laughs> uh, okay, with well, that being said, what are your overall thoughts of Black Panther, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever? I liked it. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought they did a beautiful tribute to... Um, Chadwick Boseman? Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. In, in more than one way. Mm-hmm. Like the title card. Yeah, that's this is not a spoiler at all. Like, yeah, the title card is like the 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 Marvel Studios logo that pops in that normally has like uh like Iron Man yeah, and, and Hulk and Captain America and all that kind of stuff. It's like no, it's like Chadwick Boseman, Chadwick Boseman, Chadwick Boseman and stuff like that. And, mm-hmm. it, and there was no music, which made it. Yeah. I feel like it hit me harder that way. Yeah, I, I remember you and I, you and I went to the theater to see this movie, and the theater was like almost dead quiet mm-hmm. when that popped up. I cried. Did you really? Mm-hmm. I teared up a little bit. Yeah. Um, not only because because I was kind of hungry, <laughs> but <laughs> um, so yeah. I okay. So you said you liked it. I did like it as well. However, I didn't like it as much as I thought I was going to. Really? Yeah, because <clears throat> it the movie feels overstuffed. Like they're kind of. They're, they have a lot going on in this movie, and it almost feels like um, it almost feels like Iron Man Two, where in that movie they're setting up the Avengers Initiative, they're setting up Black Panther, they're like setting up a bunch of stuff mm-hmm. in Iron Man Two, and here they seem to be setting up quite a lot as well. That kind of like almost takes away from uh, the main story. I don't see it that way. I, I don't mm-hmm. feel like it was overstuffed. I think they were doing a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they could have gotten rid of that one guy, the white guy. Oh, um, uh, the Martin Freeman character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, his his storyline was like they could have took him out. It would have not even skipped the beat. Like yeah, they could have gotten mm-hmm. some other time back. Um, you know, I I will argue. And I I understand why they did bring her along because they're setting her up for her own uh, Disney Plus uh, show. Mm-hmm. I think you could have taken Riri Williams out, and it would have just been just been as good. Yeah, mm. I agree with that. No, no, that's not to say that I didn't enjoy her. I did. I did like the. Uh, I did like the actress they they got to portray her. Uh, let me catch. Her. Let me. Her name. While you're getting her name, mm-hmm. um, it makes sense now who she is because <laughs> fucking Target commercials with her, and uh, I'm like, who is this person? Like, da- I feel like I yeah. should know her, but I don't. Dominique Thorne. Ah. Yeah, that's her name. Well, so, so I'm so like, cool. oh, this lady looks really cool. Like, wow, mm-hmm. they really got someone really cool looking for this Target commercial. <laughs> and you know, and it's talking about like engineering and like oh, following yeah. your dreams and shit. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. Hey, you didn't think that was the same character? I didn't know anything about her. Oh, I'd never okay. seen her before. Or oh, so the, the, you saw this ad before? Before the movie oh, came okay. out. Okay, okay, that makes like, sense. Like, for right, a few right. months before. Okay. So you. I'm like, okay. okay. And then I saw her in the movie. I was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, I got But, you. like, why would you do that? That yeah. person hasn't even come onto the screen yet, so it doesn't make sense to anybody. Yeah, that's Unless true. you follow film news. I, I'm sh- And I'm, I'm sure... I'm sure what they were trying to do. Obviously, like... Um, 
the the introduction of Riri Williams is the, it's a kind of really push the idea of like not only just like female empowerment, but like, hey, little girls, you can be scientists and engineers, STEM programs and stuff so like that. As well. I just want to let you know that Riri mm. Williams was not introduced in Black Panther: Wakanda Forever. Okay, oh, yeah. she was introduced in a Target commercial. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> um. Okay. So, what did you th- what did you think of uh, Ryan Coogler's uh, directing? I thought his directing was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, now, correct me if I'm wrong. You've only seen, so you've only seen Black Panther, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, two Ryan Coogler films. You haven't seen any of his, his other stuff, right? I don't know. I think I could have swore I've seen something else from him. Uh, he's done. He's done Fruitvale Station. That's the one that got got him notice. Um, he's done Creed. Creed. Creed I uh, watched that. Did you watch Creed? Yep. Okay. All right. All right. So you did watch that. Uh, let's see what else has he done. Oh yeah, and a series of short films and stuff like that. Yeah, so he's so I mean, Black Panther: Wakanda Forever. That's this is that's his uh, fourth movie. Judas and the Black Messiah. He was a producer on that one. Oh, yeah, he's done a lot of production work. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So what's uh, anything about his directing that that you did enjoy? Um, or or even didn't like. I thought he did a really good job making things hit you when they were supposed to. Oh, like those emotional beats? Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Because a lot of people can't do that. Yeah. Um, especially lately, we've been watching some films where you're like, yeah, this is supposed to hurt, and I don't give a shit. <laughs> like, uh, like you know it's supposed to hurt. You know mm-hmm. what they're trying to do, and they just suck. Mm-hmm. But Ryan Coogler, like, he's pretty good at that. Mm-hmm. He's really good at the world-building thing. Yeah, he kind of have to not only, like... Because he, he had to introduce everybody to the Black Panther character in Wakanda in the first one, but he he has to build Namor, Namor's world as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I turned to you when we were mm-hmm. watching it in the theater. I'm like, Aquaman will never be this. And that's funny because, like, I remember watching Aquaman and being frustrated at that movie and not really caring about the world building even though i do like the aquaman character like mm-hmm. i even liked him when people were giving giving him mad disrespect because people were like oh his superpowers in the ocean you know whatever mm-hmm. um but yeah like the way how coogler introduces character like and like i said he has to like add a lot into this movie because a lot's going on but he has to bring a focus at a point of view from from the antagonist, which is Namor, um, and I think he did a great job doing that. Like I love, um, how do you say the dude's name? Tanakhuerta. Tanakhuerta. Don't say the H. It's Huerta. Oh, Huerta. I can't say Huerta. 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 Uh, Jesus Christ! You sound like a white person. Saying, I know. What? What is going on? White. And a where? Who? Who are? Who are? Uh, but yeah, like the guy who played Namor, I like really dug dug his performance as the character. What I do wish is that they would have skipped the origin part of his story. Okay. And made him just made a movie of that. Oh, like his, like keep his mm. past kind of like give a couple of little crumbs, but mm-hmm. like leave the entire story out of it. You know what I mean? So that mm, you could okay. get him from the beginning. Yeah, see, I don't, I didn't really have a problem with that. I honestly, because 
the Namor character is actually started off more as an antagonist in the comics. So like, like they kind of they kind of did that Thanos thing where they give you Thanos's like introduction, like his background, mm-hmm. and you see and you you understand his point of view a lot better. And I think that works out, especially for this for. I think that works out for for Wakanda forever, um, because it helps you understand that like okay he's not he's not just a villain for villain's sake like he has a point of like why he's keeping his people private and stuff like that. Yeah, I almost feel though that they either spent too much time on it mm. or they could have pared it down a little bit, okay. um, like with how much they showed or mm. something. It, it's not that it doesn't work; it does. Yeah, I just feel like it's. If there was any part that felt overstuffed, I feel like that would be it. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. All right. Not that I didn't care. Like I. Yeah. I, yeah. I really care about him and like how his people came to be, but. Yeah. Um, I just I think he's so fucking cool. I just want him to have his own movie. Well, well, he he's gonna show up again. Yeah. I mean, I mean, he's got to. He's like a focal point and. In the whole MC or in the Marvel comics, he's like a serious uh, player in that world. Yeah. Um, okay. So with that being said, uh, performance. I thought the performances all the way around were great. Okay. I think Riri Williams, though, mm. I don't think she was written all that well or directed mm-hmm. all that well. Maybe. Yeah. I think she's probably going to be a great actress and like a great character. Mm. Um. But right now she just feels like eighth banana. See that see that that's where that's where I'm saying the overstuffed part. Like I said, like if you had taken her out, the movie would have I and I'm not saying like take out that plot. The plot works because because of what happens within the movie. But like if you just replaced her with like just a scientist mm-hmm. you know, who's unfamiliar with like Wakanda and whatever, that would have been fine. You can tell like they brought her in because they're like, Oh yeah, we you have wanna to, introduce her. Yeah, because she's gonna have her own show, Ironheart. So let's just go ahead and get that introduction done and over with and then focus on the show. Mm-hmm. Um Or they could have given her a little bit more to do. Mm-hmm. Because she didn't really play into it a whole lot. Yeah, yeah, I got you. Um I, I agree with you about the performance all around was was great. I think the one who stand out the most was uh Angela Bassett. Um, there's one part in the movie, and it's in the trailer. It's it's in the trailer where she's like, the sacrifices. She says in the trailer the sacrifices she's had to make and everything, mm-hmm. and she's still like, she's like the leader of this like powerful nation. But yeah, she's she lost. feels alone. Yeah, she feels alone. She feels lost and stuff like that. Like that scene, I was like, yo, that's gonna be her Oscar ent- entry right there. Yeah. Like that fucking scene. Um, and I actually started tearing up because that's like really something about like loss and then like. Being like, I don't understand. I did everything right, and I still fucking lost. You know. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Anybody, anybody for you that kind of like stuck out? Um. Because I know you said every. I know you said everyone's all great. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, I figured you gotta. There's like somebody. You're like that one. Tena Cuarta. Oh my god. <laughs> I really like his. It's uh-huh. because. Like, no, it's not me simping for him or anything. Okay, that's because that's what I was going to be like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's just because he truly made me feel unsafe. Mm, okay. You know, like, you come across, like, these actors sometimes who mm. are so good at what they do. Yeah. They suck you in, and you're just like, oh, shit, like, 
I'm intimidated by this person right now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I feel like he made me feel that, and that's why I have so much respect for him. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I like him a lot. Yeah, what does that do? I, I, that, that's like the first time I've ever seen that guy in anything. But and he, I, I think someone said, I think I saw somewhere. That's why he, okay. That's why he looked familiar. That's why he looked familiar. Holy shit. Oh, my God. Narcos Mexico. Of course. Everyone's from Narcos Mexico. He's the, he's the homie in the first season, the one who who's grown all the weed. Uh-huh. That's him. Oh, okay. I thought that... Okay, so... Like the his the friend. The friend. The, the Diego Luna's character is his, his friend. So that, that character... And he did this really good movie um, I just saw that he was a part of called uh, Sin Nombre. Um... Direct, I think it's directed by Kerry Fukunaga. Um, that's a really great movie about like El Salvadorian trying to cross the border. Oh, okay. Um, I heard mm. that he didn't know Mayan language and he had to learn it. Well, that um, makes yeah, that makes sense. No, but I think it's for me like like forgive me if this is very white of me, but mm-hmm. I feel like mostly most people think the Mayans are just gone. Mm-hmm. I know that they exist, though, like their language does. Yeah. Um. So to hear it, I only heard it for the first time, the Mayan language, like a week before we saw the movie. Oh, really? And that was because I was watching a vet show and they went down to Mexico to like do like spay and neuter clinics. Mm-hmm. And there was like this my Ma- this Mayan lady. <laughs> I know. Good part, huh? <laughs> um. There was this Mayan lady who um whose dog needed help. So mm-hmm. they went to her little house and, like, took care of the dog for her and stuff. And they took her and the dog back to the city. But she was talking. She mm-hmm. could speak Spanish, too. But she was speaking Mayan. I'm like, wow, that really just sounds like someone playing a record backwards. Or, like, people, you know, like, people <laughs> yeah. talking backwards. Yeah. And then I then I heard it again. I'm like, wow, that's so interesting. Like, I've <laughs> never heard Mayan, like, Mayan language before. Mm-hmm. Like, I really like it. Yeah. It's, um... I've heard it like here and there, like on documentaries and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, I haven't been really fat. I should have been fascinated by it, but I was just like, oh, okay, I get it. And that's it. Just moved along. <laughs> I, I think I have a thing for languages. I can usually pick out mm. like the differences between like, I don't know, Dutch and German or whatever. Uh, you, you know what? You do have a thing about the way how people speak. Like mm-hmm. their native tongue or the way how they sound. Like you were just talking to me about your coworker, the guy from um, Nigeria. Yeah, and you're like, what did you say? What I did said you say? I could hear all three languages of where he's been. Yeah, you can hear Nigerian, you can hear British, and you can hear American, American, all like wrapped in one. Yeah. Um, is he coming to that Christmas party? I like to meet him. No. Ah. Whatever. No, because he's property management and they ain't invited. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Um. Mm, Oh, writing. I think the writing was pretty good. Like, mm-hmm. there were some parts, I don't know. Like, I like Letitia Bright mm-hmm. as an actress, kind of. Mm-hmm. I felt like she wasn't as good in this as she was in the first film. And yeah. I don't know how much of that was her or how much of it was the writing. Mm-hmm. But it feels like it was the writing. It, it's funny because, like, I mean, and it, and it makes sense why it would. It would turn this way. When you watched, um, or not, not like you, you, but like the royal you. When you watch Black Panther, 
um, there's this sense, uh, the first Black Panther, there's this sense of like joy, right? Like, yeah, this is like black excellence. This is awesome. You know, you don't, you know, you don't just have to be black to like appreciate it. You can appreciate it just for the art of it, you know, mm-hmm. the style of it and everything like that. It was like bad. It was, uh, I remember when the first one came out, it was like a huge thing. People were coming in droves in like African outfits and stuff like that. Um, and this one, obviously the mood is completely different because this is like a morning movie. You know, not only just for the character of T'Challa, but for the actor Chadwick Boseman. Um, but you really like felt it in this one, and I think, I think that kind of that kind of that might have caused a little bit of a clunkiness even within the writing mm-hmm. and some of the acting. Like I get what you're saying about Letitia Wright about how she was performing because her mood in Black Panther was so different than what it is now, mm-hmm. um, to the point where it's like okay. Like, I kind of want you to shift your performance just a little bit to keep me interested. Like, I was actually, it was funny. I was actually kind of interested more in the side characters or the, the other than her for Black Panther 2. Yeah, I agree with that. Mm. But also, she didn't, she had a lot of screen time, but I felt like equally mm. other people, like, there were a lot of scenes without her, too. Yeah. So, I guess it was hard to stick with her. Yeah. Um, I forgot what I was going to say. We were talking about the writing. Mm-hmm. That's all I know. <laughs> uh, so I, my, my thoughts are on the writing is, um, I, there are, there are some, some parts that cl- like, you know, it's Ryan Coogler and Joe Robert Cole working on, who worked on this script. Um, let me see if he's, if, cause I, let me see who, who, who did the writing the first Black Panther because... Okay, so it was those two who did the first Black Panther. Um, so I don't know what happened. The writing seemed kind of off. In this one? In, in Black Panther 2. I don't know. I, I felt like the writing was a little off, but I really think it's because they couldn't pick one. Mm. Like... Like, couldn't pick one, what, like, direction? No, like, one storyline. Like, that's what I'm saying. It wasn't really, like, overstuffed, but they didn't... I don't know. Like, I I felt like it was a really full movie, and I don't feel like it was overstuffed, but I Mm. felt like some of it needed its own space to breathe. Yeah, like, there's this one part with with Okoye, what happens to her character, Mm -hmm. and it happens, and it kind of, like... Disappears. It kind of just goes away. It like almost like resolves to like nothing. Yeah. Um, and then there's the there is the introduction of of um, Riri Williams. Not Riri Williams. Well, I mean, yeah, there's that, but th- there's an introduction of another character. I need to find her name real quick before I uh, talk about her exactly. Um, there's a whole thing with um, Nakia too that they really hardly touch on. Oh yeah, about like where the hell is the actress? I just saw. And then I'd like to have seen more of Mbaku too. See that, and see that to me that goes to like how I feel like the movie's kind of overstuffed because like a lot of people don't aren't given enough time to like they're given these like plot points. Oh, um, Michaela Cole, her character, um, Anika. They introduce her like 
she wasn't in the first one. They introduce this new character, mm-hmm. right? And you can tell like they're setting it up. They're setting her up for the uh, the show that's going to follow the doors Milan, the door Milage. Uh-huh. So that's why, like I'm saying, it's kind of feel like it's it's a writing. It the writing is like, oh, we have this, and tune back in next week. Yeah. For for that, that's what the writing was for me. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. It felt, I guess, um, like a plug, like yeah. one giant plug. Yeah, and so that's what I was saying. Like, there's like there seems to be like a lot of setup with these with these side prop uh, side projects and stuff like that. They kind of made it feel like the movie was like overstuffed and, and didn't allow it to be like hyper focused on like okay, we're really mourning the loss of this king. Mm. So, yeah. I guess I have a final comment before we go into the spoiler section. Okay. And that is, I even with all of that, mm-hmm. I do like this movie better than the first one. Okay. Okay. And, and I do have a reason for it. Okay. Is this spoiler material or can you talk about it without spoiling? I think I can say without spoiling. Okay. Um, Black Panther, mm-hmm. I really didn't like the whole killmonger thing Mm. it's always bothered me really like he's just a little fucking whiny ass bitch (laughs) okay that's it i've never liked that trope uh where someone grows up not within like their group of people and they come back and they want to kill everybody and like Mm -hmm. and even the way he's written is very like burn everything to the ground Mm. like it's just to me that's just like bullshit okay I, I love that part of Black Panther, uh, the first Black Panther movie. We're going. I don't know. Do you at least see where I'm coming from? I can see where you're coming from for that. But I also see Killmonger's side because I get what you're saying. Um, I'm not saying I hate the movie or really like you're, hate you're, the plot. You're just, not a, you're just not a fan of the Killmonger character and what he was he was protesting right. and stuff like, like i could see where he's coming from i just mm. didn't like how hard it went ah okay you know what i mean i got you um so it just made him really fucking bitchy okay to me gotcha and then in this one mm. um i think it was more relatable because of all the the content like the the context of like t'challa mm. um dying and all this stuff okay okay um, and then also mm. Namor coming in, who's like a really interesting character, mm. and um, like the whole the world is crumbling around me. How am I gonna fix it? Okay, I can see that. Um, I I still think I still like the first Black Panther movie more so than Black than Wakanda Forever, um, but not by a whole lot. I actually like that angle that you that that you didn't that you thought was too hard. I thought I was like that's just the right amount of like hard I need to go at. Um, I wonder if that's just because like that's a cultural thing. I think it might be. Yeah, because I'm I'm seeing a lot because I, I obviously I'm seeing his point of view. I'm not saying that Kelsey that you you can't see his point of view, but mm-hmm. obviously you weren't raised in that culture. You weren't like like I can see his point of view, but I don't understand black anger because yeah. I'm not black. Gotcha, gotcha. So yeah, and. Um, I see that's that's a good thing that you admit that <laughs> that you're not black. Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> Didn't you know? Yes. <laughs> I thought like for sure. Uh, I thought that I had to tell you because you. Didn't oh know. my gosh! Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone thinks I am, but I have to uh, tell them. 
then I'm not. Yeah, exactly. And then they're like, oh, I didn't know. Yes. As, as, uh, with my red hair, my uh, blue eyes. Uh, yeah, and white skin. As, as my grandma said, uh, blue eyed, uh, blue eyed devil. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, like I said, I still think Black Panther 1 is still a superior film compared, not, not like far superior, but I think, it, I do think it is better. However, I do like how they introduce the Namor character. And they go at his angle as well, explaining like the way how they explain why he was doing what he's doing and everything makes complete sense. Um, so like, and that's the thing. I I feel like you're almost you can almost compare two different movies because one is more based on like anger and mm-hmm. another one's based on like loss. Yeah. So you can so they're like almost you can't even compare them is what you're saying because yeah. mm-hmm. they just have different themes. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um, cue the sucker up. Okay. Cool. So. Uh, we've been talking for a good while, so you want to hop into the uh, spoiler section? Um, just one other thing I forgot mm. to mention. Um, for a split second, mm. Avatar popped into my mind when they were showing the whole world too of like Namor and yeah, the uh, the they're not called Atlanteans, but the his people, yeah, yeah, they're called like the Tachak. There's uh, some name I can't pronounce. Uh, it's like. Kakakua or so, like Chakakua or something like that. Something like that. Yeah. Well, that's his name, I think. No, his name is uh, uh, Kukukan. Oh, okay. Mm. Anyway, um, I really felt like <clears throat> this movie world like did world building on a on, on a level where I loved their, I guess, country or whatever you want to call it, almost as much as I love Wakanda. Mm. And I will never feel that way about Avatar. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Like Avatar tried to make it pretty, but there's not a lot of um it's a really thin plot, I feel like. Oh yeah, that's oh yeah. But yeah. the like in in this it's like I could care about underwater creatures and like I don't know. So that's how I feel about that. All right. Um so yeah, we're going to go ahead and hop into the spoiler section. We're going to talk in great lengths about Black Panther uh, Wakanda Forever. So if you haven't seen it and you don't want to be spoiled, here's your spoiler bumper right about now. So, any any particular um, scenes that you thought was really great or didn't work for you in in this movie? Um, when Angela Bassett's mm-hmm. character, uh, Ramonda, mm-hmm. when she realized that Shuri was gone, mm-hmm. and you could just see like sheer terror and pain in her eyes. Mm-hmm. Like, she had already basically thought that her daughter was, if she wasn't dead already, she was imminently going to lose her. Mm-hmm. And so, um. Oh, that, it's Talakan. That's the, that's the underwater kingdom. It's okay. Talakan. Gotcha. Okay, go on. Um, that and then the resulting, um, confrontation that she had with Okoye. Oh, yeah. Which so, were, like, yeah. it hurt me because... Mm-hmm. Okoye really thought it was going to be okay. Mm-hmm. She obviously didn't put Shuri in danger. It wasn't just her choice anyway. Shuri wanted to go. Yeah, And yeah. also, like, uh, Ramonda went really hard at Okoye without reason. Like, she wasn't 
thinking rationally. Yeah, I mean, she, yeah. She I, was thinking emotionally, which you could yeah. understand, but mm. you know it was the wrong move. Yeah, see, and that's the scene. That's the scene I was like, yo, Angela Bassett can get an Oscar for that. Like, that is acting right mm-hmm. there. That is some great performance right there. Um, yeah, but even... even um, uh, what's the homegirl who plays uh, Okoye? How do you say her name? Denaya Guerrera? Denaya Guerrera. Even her performance, like, when where uh, Angela Bass's character was like, you're no longer part of the door's, the door's melange. Your door, door melange. And she, like, started crying and everything. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, shit. That's some acting. <laughs> That's acting right there mm-hmm. as well. That was yeah. a great performance. Um, do you think, is she going to be in that show? The, the door's melange show? Uh-huh. I believe so. Oh, okay. For a second, I was like, just because Ramonda basically fired her ass, like, mm. that that was them basically saying she's not going to be in the show, mm. probably because she has other engagements, or she... I believe I believe she's going to be in the show. Okay. I mean, that would... I Because because even though she's not part of it, it would give her reason why to... She would try to get back into it. Mm-hmm. Or they would, like, come to her for guidance and stuff like that. Yeah. Um... Um, another thing that, and I didn't say it's in the non-spoiler section, and I, I should have. One of the things I didn't like is some of the CGI is kind of bad. Some of it is. It yeah. could have used like a little bit of more work. Um, it took me a minute to realize this, because I, I was replaying the movie in my head uh, over the past few days. There are some weird scenes with like, um, with Letitia Wright, how she looks in the Black Panther suit. Oh yeah. Like it, like the head is not matching with the body. Yeah. At certain times. Or, like, the body just looks like, I don't know, like, even when you're in a bodysuit, mm. it, it looked two-dimensional. Yeah. Like, whereas, like, the first Black Panther, mm. you could see, like, the different parts, like, uh, they were different materials that were sewn together, like, yeah. and on her, it just seemed like she put on, like... I don't know, know, like a Spider-Man like costume a, like or a, something. Like almost like a solid black leotard or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. Like body, whatever. Whole body suit, yeah. Yeah. Um, even some of the uh, the design for Ruby Williams, when she put on, when she actually finally had like the Ironheart outfit, mm-hmm. like the suit and everything like that, even that looked a little too anime. It looked animated, but also... The suit looked cheap. No, no, not animated. Like, an, like oh, be, anime. Like anime. Like a little bit too mech anime. I was like, all right, that's a little too much. It's it seemed like um like mechanized Sailor Moon to me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like she might as well do her whole intro like Sailor Moon. I know, right? She's all spinning around, uh-huh. so, ding, 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 <laughs> all the posing and shit like that. Yeah. Um. So, but you know, but see, here's and it's funny because like where those mo- where those suffered, um, the design of Namor looked great. Exactly of like him flying around and everything like that. It mm-hmm. looked. I mean, obviously it was CGI, but like it still looked like it still looked damn good. Mm-hmm. Um, so it so you know where where some CGI did were really good. Other parts it was like. You could use a little bit more work on that shit. Yeah. Um, I did think it was funny. <laughs> I did think it was funny how um, how they were going to dispatch the character, uh, Namor. Mm-hmm. They were like, oh, just keep him from water. <laughs> just keep, make sure he's hot <laughs> all the time. <laughs> so he can get weaker. That's it. Heat. Heat defeats him. 
Yeah. I kind of thought that was clever. Uh, it, it honestly, it reminded me because uh, because it, it, it was so simple to me. It seemed like so simple, but like it just reminded me of of Fantastic Four: Rise of the Silver Surfer. Um, if you haven't seen that movie, we're in the spoiler section. So, but if you haven't seen that movie, you know you can turn your ears off. I haven't. Well, you're never gonna watch that movie. <laughs> I'm not gonna do that to you. Um, the the way how they defeat. The way how the Fantastic Four defeats the Silver Surfer is they knock him off his surfboard. Oh. That's it. <laughs> they figure a way to be like, that's it, you're off. I I get it. Uh, I don't think it's that bad, though. You know, it's not that bad, but like it's it just reminded me of that. I was like, oh, he? Really? Come on. Well, knocking someone off their fucking surfboard doesn't make any fucking sense. Yeah. But like for a character who's basically an amphibian, mm-hmm. it's like pouring salt on a fucking slug. Yes. <laughs> like, it makes sense to me. Yeah. So uh, that's why I think it's not that bad. Okay, yeah. Okay, like, I it, get it, you. like, scientifically makes sense to me, even though I he's not you. scientifically allowed to uh, exist. Yeah. Like, it just, it adds up. I, I gotcha, I gotcha. Um, <laughs> that does sound stupid as fuck, though. <laughs> yeah, it's... <laughs> fuck that whole movie. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Uh... You know, we haven't really talked about the action. It was pretty good. Mm-hmm. I liked um, that whole scene where um, Riri Williams was on the motorcycle. No, that was uh, that was um, uh, Suri. Suri, yeah. Mm. Not her. Not Riri Williams. She no, not the, the girl from Target. Yeah, not the Target girl. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> the with the whole um, Okoye was in the car, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so they basically met up at this one spot and they started on fighting. The bridge and stuff yeah. Like that. Yeah. I actually thought that 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 chasing was actually pretty good. It's a good it's a good contrast from the first movie because um you know in the first movie how Okoye um uh Nakia and T'Challa were like after Claw mm-hmm. and Black Panther 1 and this one now they're being chased. They're trying to get away. So it was like a, it's like a flip of the of the characters. It was done a little differently too because mm-hmm. in Black Panther, it, I felt like the camera went through the window and it seemed a little techy. <clears throat> yeah. Too like in this one, mm-hmm. it was just a car. Yeah, you know what's funny? Like Ryan Coogler's directing, he always has, um, and this is this is why I like his directing. <clears throat> Excuse me. He um, there's always something in one of his movies where it's like okay. He took real time on that shot. Like, it's a good track shot, or it's, like, some really great camera work. Um, <clears throat> a great example is in the first Black Panther movie when they're in, uh, like, in Hong Kong or Taiwan or whatever like that. They're in that casino, mm-hmm. and all the action is happening. The camera, like, follows some of the characters. It's almost like a tracking shot mm-hmm. uh, with a little bit of CGI in there, but it, it worked. It's like, holy shit, right? Yeah. And then in Creed, he did something similar where, like... He brought you into the boxing match between Adonis and his opponent. That mm-hmm. was like a really like memorable shot. Yeah. And this one, not so much. I can't really think of like a memorable shot that was like, whoa, holy shit. That's like a Ryan Coogler thing or anything like that. I think that's because they had just way too much going on. And if mm. he was going to focus on something, yeah, it never would have been made. Yeah, that's true. Or it would have cost way too much. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's Marvel. I know, but it would cost more than Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> I get you. Um, I mean, but even the, despite 
um, like despite the the pandemic, despite what's going on, or not the pet. Well, we are still kind of in the pandemic. Um, the movie, uh, so far, it's made about four hundred million dollars. Nice. So I think it's easy, I and th- that's without the um, the second highest grossing country. Oh, China. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's it. Apparently, it's banned in China, and I would have to guess because two women show affection towards each other. Yep. Which is like. Really, guys? All right. <laughs> and it's for like a split second. Yeah, it's for real. They yeah. didn't make a show of it. Yeah, exactly. Um, let me see the numbers. Exactly. Yeah, worldwide, it's made 400, uh, almost four, it's made almost 400 and 500,000. Well, sorry, 400 million, 500,000. Um, so 4.5 million. Yeah, close to that. Well, it's more 4. I mean, 400.4. 400.4. <laughs> Million there. Something we're not mathing. Yeah. Um, even though the movie is the movie's almost three hours long, Did it doesn't you, feel like it. It does not. It really doesn't. Like not at any point was I like, God, I wish this movie would end. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. I mean, I feel bad for I feel bad for you though. Why? Because you're gonna have to go through that with the uh, the Avatar movie. Really. I think that movie's like over. I think that movie's like three hours and some change. Fucking <laughs> Kelsey's face right now. I don't wanna. I don't wanna. We got a job to do, okay? I think your job is to murder my brain. Look, if you can watch Blue People Underwater and Black Panther Two, you can watch more Blue People Underwater and Avatar Two. The Avatar franchise makes me not want to watch anything. Uh, what's his name? Something Cameron. James Cameron? Yeah. I don't want to watch anything he ever makes again. I think his time has passed. <laughs> and now he's just like an old man, you mm-hmm. know, in a fugue state or some shit. <laughs> I mean, he, ha- he has said that if Avatar 2 does not, is not as successful as he like, he's not going to do the Avatar movies, the rest of them. Because he has like, I think he has like at least two more. No, maybe three? Yeah. I think it's like, like three like lined up. And it's kinda like, come on, man. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Um Okay, all in all, what's your final thought on on Black uh Black Panther Wakanda Forever? I think everyone should watch it. I love it. I fully agree. If I mean if you haven't watched it, you're gonna watch it. And if you watched it, you're gonna watch it again. I've been meaning to watch it to go see it again. What about the the mid credit scene? Oh, yeah. Let's talk about that real quick. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. I made a crack about the mid credit scene after it showed up. Um, so, I mean, you're in the spoiler section. You've seen the movie. If not, you're going to be spoiled right now. So, come to find out, the T'Challa and Nakia had a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember watching that being like, oh, fuck. Right? Like, mm-hmm. holy shit. Like, he had a kid. Okay. One, I... I kind of thought it was sweet because it's like, even though Chadwick Boseman didn't didn't have a child before he died, like in a way, this this kid is gonna live on, like if like if Chadwick Boseman was still alive, mm-hmm. you know, um, Chadwick Boseman has been in a bunch of different other movies um, that is notably recognized, you know, like Marshall uh, or uh, Forty Two or the James Brown movie. Um, 
but like Black Panther is the one he gets recognized for the most. Mm-hmm. So I think the inclusion of like, oh, he had a kid, it's like kind of continuing that legacy. Mm-hmm. Um, so it like caught me off guard. I didn't think they're gonna go that route. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I did make a joke <laughs> when they said the, they said the kid's name, his Haitian name, which I can't remember for the life of me. So forgive me. But he was like, "That's my Haitian name. My Wakandian name is T'Challa, son of King King T'Challa." And I remember like leaning over to you and was like, technically they didn't recast him. Technically. <laughs> My whole thing is I wish mm. they would have chose a not punchable looking kid. Damn. I did not like him at I all. I thought that kid looked sweet. I'm like, oh. Mm-mm. You got so much hate in your heart. I don't know. <laughs> I just do. Because you got all that mucus from that cold, that's why. <laughs> I like I feel like he would probably like lead me into a cave and then i would die and oh he'd be my like god it's gonna be okay you have me forever oh my god all right so what did, besides you want to punch the kid in the face <laughs> what did you think about that about turn of events that turn of events yeah i like that mm-hmm. um and then the whole thing about nakia not coming like it made sense why she didn't go to the funeral mm-hmm. he told her not to and like yeah. he knew about the kid so you don't even have to worry about the fact that he didn't know he had a kid before he died mm-hmm. So, um, like, I like that, and then it kind of makes you look forward to, not that kid, but someone else, you know, carrying the torch. Oh, uh, to be the next Black Panther? Mm-hmm. I think, like, I don't, I don't, I haven't heard, I mean, I mean, like I said, the movie made, like, $400 million worldwide. So, mm-hmm. you know, Marvel was like, all right, we got to come up with a Black Panther 3. You mm-hmm. know, we got to think about it, you know. Um, I think they're going to, I don't know if it's going to be the same kid. I think they're going to do a time jump where they re- they bring that kid back. Mm-hmm. But now he's like a young man. Mm-hmm. But I, I wouldn't say that's going to happen in Black Panther 3. It might happen in Black Panther 4 or 5 or however they bring the character. Because mm-hmm. um, they got to like up. They got to obviously up the age of that character. Of yeah. that kid. You know, and I highly doubt Marvel's going to wait literally 20 years for him to grow up. I wish they would do a Wakanda movie with mostly Okoye. Like well, that's, that's what the show's for. Well, I know, but what I'm saying is mm. uh, Letitia Wright cannot carry the franchise. I like her character, mm. but um, I guess Wakanda 2 showed me that... Wakanda 2. Black Panther 2 show, mm. showed me that she can't she can't carry it. Like, I know a lot of people mm. wanted her to after Chadwick Boseman died. And yeah. I just feel like she had her chance in this movie, mm-hmm. and it wasn't what i wanted like it wasn't bad but it wasn't as like Mm. amazing and like i don't know like um like that kind of that kind of uh charisma 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 Mm -hmm. that chadwick boseman has is that what you're like or that even she had in the first movie Mm. um and also like i didn't feel like it was um i know like black excellence is a thing but like Mm. it didn't make me feel like she was a strong female either like Mm. even though she wasn't like reliant on a man like yeah like there's something that's like because I, I i get what you're saying like i feel like and, and i'm not one of the people who like there are people who were saying like oh mbako should be the next black panther and i was just like no no like no um but it's funny because like yeah she she is missing something that the comic book version of her has that carries the black panther mantle mm-hmm. and i don't know maybe maybe it's because this is like her, this is like the movie where she's up front 
like she's now the star mm-hmm. of, of this franchise. So maybe she hasn't molded into that role just yet. It might be better. She might be better off in like part three or something like that. Maybe there's a part of me that's a little bit biased against her mm. because I don't like Letitia Wright. Oh, well, I don't want to say that you don't like her. I, I think you just don't like her politics. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, honestly, I have a hard time separating the politics from the person because mm. usually they're intertwined. Yeah. So I, I really you. don't like her. I get you. I but get as you. an actress, I think she's good. I just mm. don't, for whatever reason, I just don't think she works okay. to like carry a franchise. Okay. I get you. Um, uh, one more thing before we... Uh, finish off our discussion we didn't talk about uh, how they handled the death of the character um, and it's it's good we I mean this is this that's a very spoiler section um, but like how he died of a mysterious illness mm-hmm. how do you think they handled that like you think it was okay like you weren't a fan of it or you know what's your what's your take on it um I think it's good that they didn't put a name to the illness mm-hmm um, but at the same time, I think they just kind of like ham fisted it in. Mm-hmm. And, but I also do like this, the flashback scenes or, or the scenes that they were doing with like, uh, Shuri, like trying to read, like find out how to fix his DNA or something. To, oh like, yeah. How to, th- she was trying to make a new heart or something. Yeah. She was trying to make a new heart, uh, heart shaped plant. Mm. to uh to give to him to like cure him of whatever disease he had Mm -hmm. yeah um so i like i like that i i thought it was i thought it was handled pretty well you said it was ham-fisted i don't think it was really ham-fisted i think it was i think it was done really well because it wanted to kind of really get you that emotional attachment to the character um like if you weren't if you weren't already emotionally invested to this character and to the actor, that scene would have made you do it, like then and there. Mm. Because like, and I think it I think it was done in a, in a kind of respectful way, not just to be like, oh, he died of cancer, or like, oh, he's just dead, you know, like that. It's just like no. Ryan Coogler was showing that like, because like he he is uh, it's been well documented that the people behind Black Panther, like the actors and the crew and everything, they really felt Chadwick Boseman's death. Mm-hmm. You know, but we, the general public, aren't privy to that, to what happened or how they felt, you know, mm-hmm. exactly. Um, but I think this one kind of, like, replicated, like, oh, no, this is how hurt they were, like, when they found out that he died. Yeah. Um, I felt like the the funeral procession mm-hmm. did a better job of it than the actual, like, I need to fix this right now. Yeah. Like, because to me, that just felt really, like, we've got to show drama. Yeah. Um, but the whole like funeral procession, the only thing I didn't like about that was when mm. the casket went up into the sky. That was mm. really bad CGI. And like, <laughs> yeah, why? It yeah, it, it was, it was, well, uh, so the reason, the reason why, at least I, this is why I think the why, I think the why is because when we're introduced to the character, introduced to the character in Black Panther, he falls from the sky, mm-hmm. like almost like a God. And then in this one, where we see the character again, oh, he goes back up to the heavens. They could have just left the casket, though, like, parallel to the ground. They mm. didn't have to make the CGI so bad and then tilt it standing up. Like, mm. they might as well have, like, wiggled the corner of him. So he's, like, <laughs> saying bye. Oh, my God. That would have It was that, so fucking cheesy. Yeah, that would have been in poor taste. <laughs> <laughs> I get you. Um, all right. Is there anything else? No. 
All right. So uh, what do we got next? Next, we are going to do our variety time. So we have our try this, not that. This this uh, variety time. Mm-hmm. I feel like Mark has a lot more than I do, but that's not a. I <laughs> I feel like you have more time to watch things than I do. So well, you you tend to like watch one thing and then you just like stick with it. Yeah. And I'm I'm the type of person who's like I gotta I gotta watch like multiple shows. You know, at the same not at the same time, but like I have You're like, I'll watch two episodes of this, all right, I'll go watch this now. Yeah. I mean you know what? I'm even doing that with with books, which is a really bad habit I used to have. I'm reading like three books at the same time right now. I can't because I get them confused. Yeah. Um, so I'll go first. Um I checked out uh Tales of the Jedi. This is the l- latest project from Lucasfilm on Disney Plus, created by uh Dave Filoni. Um it's this, uh, like, every episode is maybe about, like, 15 minutes or something like that. And I believe there's about six of them. And it follows the journey. It kind of, it feels, um, it feels in the section. Yeah, six episodes. It fills in the stories with uh, Ahsoka Tana and Count Dooku. Mm-hmm. Um, certain things that happen to them either, uh like before the clone or, or before like we are introduced to the character or kind of like little side stories of like oh this explains why they're like this now mm-hmm. stuff like that um i thought it was i thought it was actually really good um especially like when we get insight on count dooku and how he slowly becomes uh how he slowly becomes a uh, part of the sith mm-hmm. um so i thought that was done really well um, and it kind of, it kind of made me appreciate, um, some of the, the prequels a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Like, like we get an idea of like how Count, like his Count Dooku's turning point of like why he's going to become like a Sith and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, I wouldn't mind if, I don't want to say if like if they gave him his own series, but if they gave him more episodes and Tales of the Jedi, I wouldn't have mind that. Um, and then the stuff with Ahsoka Tana, I thought was actually pretty good as well because they were showing her as like as a baby mm-hmm. and how she's kind of in tune with the Force. Mm-hmm. Um, she's a great Jedi, but she she's in tune to the Force in a way that is that helps that kind of gives her control over animals. Oh, um, and it explain it explains like oh like this is like where it started. Gotcha. Um, so I, I enjoy that. Like I said, there's six episodes. They're like 15 minutes long. You can, I, I, I saw them all like in one sitting. Gotcha. So I think it's pretty good. I watched, started watching the um, third season of Rami. It's on Hulu right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is created by Ari Ketcher, Ryan Welsh, and Rami Youssef. Mm-hmm. Um, love this episode i mean this uh season yeah you you and i we watch rami um and then we can't stop watching rami seriously like i like i i know i know rami season three like i had already know knew that rami season three came out like a month ago right and i was like okay i'll get to it i'll get to it like mm-hmm. whatever right and then you started watching i'm like all right i'll start watching it too and i couldn't stop the fuck i couldn't stop watching it was so fucking good 
Yeah. Did you finish watching The Crown, by the way? Yeah, I did. Oh, okay. I'm surprised you didn't put that on your list. <clears throat> it's not good. <laughs> That's why. You should not, put it on your list. Oh, as a not this? Yeah. No, 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 no. I definitely don't want to put a not this. The reason why is I feel like this season of The Crown is going to... You have to watch the season of The Crown to really follow what's going to happen next season. Oh, okay. Because it seems like they're kind of going... It's like setting up. Yeah, I think it's like setting. This is what this is what season five, right? I think so. Kind of like how you have to watch season two, you, like you have to watch season one with season two, mm-hmm. and season three, season four. You have to do uh, five and six together. Yeah. Uh, but go on. Um. Anyway, so with Rami, mm-hmm. um, I remember you got done with season two, and you're like, I can't imagine them going more than one more season. Hmm. And then, <laughs> then everything unfolds in season three, and mm-hmm. you're like, I said that? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you said that. And you're mm-hmm. like, oh, well, I think it'll go on another season. <laughs> okay. It'll definitely go on a four. Like, <laughs> like, I don't know if there's news of a season four coming out yet. Um, but I can't imagine them not going into another season. Yeah, especially how season three ended. You're like, oh, fuck. Do you think they're, if they do a season four, do you think there'll be a season five? I don't know. You're going to say no and they're going to do it. I'm going to laugh at you. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Hear me out. Hear me out. If they get a season four greenlit, I really think season four should be the last one. Because it's like this Like this whole show has it hasn't, it's been about um, the Muslim life and people who are Egyptian and living in America and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And it has to do with like a lot of about religion and faith and family and stuff like that. I think the I think with season three, the way I end it, it's like setting up for like a, a a conclusion season four. I really think they're setting up for a conclusion. I think they are too, um, but it's like that whole thing. Um, okay, do you know if there's been any big movies that have come out? Mm, bless you. Sorry, um, where. It's like, you know, like how Black Panther is like black excellence. Mm-hmm. Do you think there's anything of that caliber for Egyptian people or Muslims? Um, uh, American made? Mm-hmm. No. Or things that Americans would watch. There's this movie that a lot of people have been talking about called RRR. Mm. Um. But I think that's more of it is Islam. And they also don't have it doesn't have the same reach. That is true. That like RR is just building up momentum from a cult following. Right. Okay. So what I'm trying to say is that they can't he has been so down on his luck throughout mm. the series mm. that I can't imagine them just ending it without giving something back. Yeah. Like it's it has to. Yeah, I totally. Yeah, I yeah. Agree like with you it would be such a disservice to like Muslims in general, like to yeah. be like, yeah, this is shit. That's it. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Exactly. Um, is that it for you? Um, or or just for the Rami part? Or you want to add? No, no um, I just say watch it. it oh. Like watch it from you know the first season on through if you haven't started watching it. Yeah, and uh, third third season is just as good, if not better, than anything any of the rest seasons. Yeah. So. Um, so I checked out this documentary called Oscar 
Um, Michelle? Yeah, Oscar Michelle, the superhero of black filmmaking. So, and it's directed by uh, Francesco, Francesco Zippel. Um, Francesco. Francesco Zippel. Um, this is an HBO, this is streaming on HBO Max. This is a actually really interesting documentary. It's about the first black director um, and how his style of filmmaking was really like very like forward thinking about uh you know we're talking about black excellence it it does that but also shows like the hardship of like the um of black people in america at the time Mm -hmm. um some of his directing is kind of german expressionism a little bit you can see where his style is coming in but he was like a it's funny because he was like a silent director and when sound came in he kind of like lost some of his his mojo because mm-hmm. it was like way it was different where like his silent directing is kind of artsy mm-hmm. um where his 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 music his music his movies with sound is a bit more mainstream um mm-hmm. but not as great as his previous work um but this dude would hustle he was essentially the first one to really because like back then studios would buy theaters and they would just show their movies mm-hmm he was the first one who really put the idea of you can have different movies in your fucking theater. You don't just have to have one movie in your theater or like a, one studio's uh, set of movies and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, he would go to a lot of black towns, black neighborhoods and stuff like that that had theaters and give them and sell them his movies. Um, and it was a really great thing because a lot of theaters back then they would only show, they would only allow black people to go watch the movies late at night, mm-hmm. like 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock at night, right? Mm-hmm. But he would go to these uh, towns that had these theaters that didn't really have movies to play, and he would sell these movies, and black people would co- would be able to come during the daytime and stuff like that. Like, they really pushed to have these movies shown and, like, not at fucking 12 o'clock, at midnight or anything mm-hmm. like that. Um, he was also, like, an author. He wrote like several books. Some of his books he actually adapted into his own movies and shit like uh-huh. that. Um, some people call some people call him the Spike Lee before Spike Lee or the Tyler Perry before Tyler Perry because of how much work and how much he would hustle mm-hmm. to get his movies made. Um, the sad thing is like some of his movies are are lost over time because they didn't properly store it or you know keep it safe from the elements and stuff like that. Gotcha. Uh, but it's it's a I think it's a really good it's a really good documentary. I was thoroughly uh entertained by that awesome so what else have you been checking out i had to throw curse of old island in there you have it seems like it seems like whenever i come over you're watching one of three things uh tanked that's just because there's nothing else on at that time so that pitbull of paroles or Pitbull and Paroles. Pitbulls and Paroles. Pitbulls and Paroles. And then this, the, the Curse of Oak Island. Um, also, um, vet shows. Also, I watch mm. um, Mysteries of the Abandoned. That's true. Yeah. But but you put, you you specifically put The Curse of Oak Island. Yeah. So why, why did you put, out of all those shows, why did you put this one? I have a love-hate relationship with this show. <laughs> okay. Like... I watched the first three seasons with my mom, mm-hmm. and we were totally into it. But by the third season, we're like, this is a fucking dick tease. Like, 
it's not gonna go anywhere mm-hmm. or like we're gonna stop watching the show because we're never gonna fucking find anything they keep finding coins and like okay but what's the, what's the show about um the show is about first of all you can see it on the history channel okay second of all the, sh- the story is about the the show is about these two brothers i don't know what the fuck their background is in mm-hmm. but they're from canada and they like bought a bunch of land on oak island up mm-hmm. in like nova scotia or whatever mm-hmm. and there have been people from the 1800s on looking for this man-made like vault under the ground mm-hmm. from like people that built things back in like I, they must have built it in like the 1600s or something mm-hmm. and the i guess the legend goes that somebody found this thing and once they started digging into it it flooded and it was lost mm-hmm and people have been trying to look for it ever since. And, oh, like, okay. six people died. And legend says that a seventh person is going to die before they find the treasure. <laughs> okay. Right? So, whatever. So, okay. three seasons. The narrator is, like, it's so bad, it's good. Like, okay. he's so bad. Like, the narrating style is so cringeworthy. Mm-hmm. But, like, you're just, like, but I love it because it's so bad. Yeah. And it's, like... A coin that might have come from oh my God. <laughs> Europe in the 1600s, uh, and that it might be made of gold, and that it has this on it. It might be, you know, and it's like <laughs> everything is a question. Like, shut the fuck up, dude. Like, everything is like that on the show. Like with his narrating, a tuna sandwich. Am I gonna eat that? Find <laughs> and out. The bread is from Albertson, <laughs> where other celebrities might go. Was it sourdough or wheat? <laughs> well, he never goes down in his inflection. Oh. Ever. Is it sourdough or wheat? Like that. <laughs> <laughs> Is it sourdough or wheat? Or, or wheat? <laughs> so anyways, mm-hmm. um, why, I'm, why I added it back to you should watch it uh. is only watch it now. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Don't watch any of the previous I know, seasons. Skip all those seasons. <laughs> Plus their spinoff of Beyond Oak Island because... Uh. That is just the brothers, like, going out on other, like, archaeological ventures, like, mm-hmm. in the ocean or wherever. Mm. This season, I think they really found something. Oh, okay. Um, so, like, season nine kind of sets it up, and season ten just premiered, like, a day or two ago. Oh, okay. So, I haven't watched it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really think they found something this time, and I'm, like, a total fucking nerd. So oh, my God. I think other people are like, oh, my God, did they find it? Did they find it? Mm-hmm. Like, a coin? Again, <laughs> I don't think it's going to be a coin again. They find shit from, like, the Knights Templar, and then they find stuff that's mm. totally unrelated, like, in another country, in another time, like, another century. Why don't they go follow that? Like, explore? Well, they do. They have um, episodes where they they travel to Europe where they think something originated from, and they, they kind of compare, like, the types of... Um, metalworking or the mm. types of like uh the knights templar crosses like so it really matches up yeah um but they think that whoever put that stuff there on this island mm-hmm. had a bunch of things from other like all these other countries maybe trading or whatever mm. so um fun fact teddy roosevelt was one of uh one of the di- uh, diggers he worked oh, okay. he worked on oak island trying to find the gold too oh okay so, and that's on History Channel, right? Yeah. 
right. All right. Sounds good. Yeah. Um, and so the last thing that I have been checking out is uh, White Lotus Season 2. Um, this is on HBO, uh, created by Mike White. Um, now, the f- first season, I wasn't fully on board with a couple episodes. I was like, oh, I don't know how I feel about this. Because it's, it's, it's like it's showing rich white people kind of being assholes mm-hmm. to that this, this is the first season kind of being assholes to like hospitality and shit like that uh-huh. um but as, but as as the show played along it started talking about um it started talking about class and about no matter how much money you have you're still a fucked up individual um so i was i thoroughly enjoyed the white lotus season one it was originally supposed to be like a, uh, a miniseries and that was it um it won several emmys and the funny thing is um it, yeah it, it won it won emmy, it like specifically, specifically won an emmy for uh either emmy or golden globe for like limited series and normally that's like okay we're doing one season that's it mm-hmm. so they got season two <laughs> which i think they should give back the award but whatever um so where the first season talked about class, the second season is more following about uh, um, gender and relationships, mm. and the and the and the difference between the between the gender and uh, between gender and like roles and stuff like that. How mm-hmm. certain people act differently throw, towards like a woman or a male or whatever. Um, it doesn't take. It takes place at uh, well. In the first season, it takes place <clears throat> at this ho- at this hotel called the White Lotus out in like uh, I think like in Hawaii or something like that. In the second season, it's the same hotel, but now it's in Italy, Sicily, Italy. Oh, okay. Um, and there's like a number of like noticeable stars that are in this movie that is actually pretty good. Um, same thing. Wasn't really feeling like the first episode, but by the second episode, I started hooked. Oh, okay. Um. And there are like a lot of moments where the show takes like really good direction with like comes like conversations about gender and relationships mm-hmm. and puts like a, a light on certain situations of like this is what it's like being a woman in this situation or a male in this situation and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So I, I was thoroughly, thoroughly enjoying the show. Awesome. I liked it. Um Yeah. <laughs> a lot of stuff. Actually, there are a few stuff. Oh, I gotta mention, big ups to Atlanta for their final season. Oh yeah, that final episode. Kind of putting that shit all together. Mm. I thought that was really great. Um, but you still haven't watched it, have you? you? You need to get on it. What's wrong with you? <laughs> now you know how I feel. About what? Me recommending things that you're like, whatever. I'll get to it. That's why I never do that. Mm. I'm not like that at all. Yeah. <laughs> to do our geriatric cinematic of Ridley Scott's Kingdom of Heaven. Be without fear in the face of your enemies. Safeguard the helpless, even if it leads to your death. That is your oath. Rise a knight! Rise a knight! 
becomes of us. The world will decide. The world always decides. A new world. A better world than has ever been seen. There, you are not what you were born, but what you have it in yourself to be. A kingdom of conscience. Peace instead of war. Love instead of hate. That is what lies at the end of Crusade. This film came out in 2005, and the synopsis is Balian of Ibeline travels to Jerusalem during the Crusades of the 12th century, and there he finds himself as the defender of the city and its people. Directed by Ridley Scott, written by William Monaghan, it stars Orlando Bloom, Eva Green, Martin uh, Sokas, David Dulles, and Liam Neeson. Um, so yeah, Kingdom of Heaven. Um, never saw this movie before. Uh, we decided to do it for the podcast. Um, yet the reason why I had suggested <clears throat> that we do take a look at this movie is because there are two versions <clears throat> of this movie. There's a theatrical cut, and then there's the director's cut. Now, when the theatrical cut came out, it was panned, like critically panned. It was just not well liked and the director's cut came out and now there's like this new appreciation for kingdom of heaven because the story now makes sense it's not like some action film wannabe or anything like that um so yeah just a little bit of information i'd like to share but you know <clears throat> nobody cares about what i have to say what matters most is uh what did kelsey think about this movie i don't like this movie <laughs> okay I like really don't. Okay, was, not like nothing about this movie. Not really. Okay. I like you know what I liked Liam Neeson and he mm. wasn't in it long enough. That's true. That he was not in it long enough. <laughs> okay, so what are what are your grievances with this movie? It's very long. Orlando Bloom. Three hours and some change. Orlando Bloom is a wet blanket for most of it. Mm, okay. Eva Green is very pretty. Hmm. And, like, I like her, and then all of a sudden I'm like, she's a little bitch. Goodbye. <laughs> okay. Um, I like the fact that they wrote the um, the Muslim people, like, really... Like, accurately? Like, <laughs> rational. I don't know how accurate, because I don't mm. know enough about the culture, but... Yeah, but you weren't, you know, you, you weren't part of the Crusades? I mean, come on. <laughs> Who wasn't there? Um, but for this film coming out four years after 9-11 like the fact that this film was willing to be like yeah they were rational like rational people and they Mm. really don't come after other people even their oppressors unless they're really given a reason to yeah um and they're smart and whatever Mm -hmm. so i really like that it wasn't like white people are the best yeah i get you yeah yeah um I just, and then it was a little confusing because some of the people kind of looked the same, especially when they were always like suited up in like their chainmail and like their helmets. I can see that. Yeah, I was, I, I was kind of getting turned around a couple of times. Like, all right, who, who's this? Who, who's this guy fighting? Who's and a couple this? of the Muslim actors to me looked the same, so I couldn't mm-hmm. figure out which one was the king sometimes and which one was the the servant or the general right hand or whatever. Yeah. Gotcha. Um. 
I just mostly felt it was long and boring, mm-hmm. and I couldn't care less about more like most of the characters. Mm-hmm. Well, you liked it. I kind of did. Ah, oh, Jesus. <laughs> I kind of did like it. Now, now, I'm not saying it was like phenomenal, you know, like, oh my God, this is great. Um, I, I actually liked, I actually did like the acting. I thought the acting wasn't too bad. I, I know you said like Orlando Bloom was a wet blanket. And yeah, I, I can, I'll agree with that. Um, but everybody else I really enjoyed. I, um, it's, it's funny. Evergreen, I've, I've, I've had this crush on Evergreen for like forever. Um, ever since I've seen her in, oh, I can't remember the name of that Italian film. This is a really great Italian film she, she stars in. Um, but her performance in this movie, I thought it worked well at times. And other times I was like, all right, she's kind of acting a bit too modern for, for this era that the, that the story takes place in. Um, one of the things I did enjoy about it uh, is actually how brutal the movie is. Um, even though some of it kind of does come off kind of funny, because like it seems like whenever the sword lands on something, it just blood just goes. It's gratuitous. Yeah, it just like 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 they might as well just like slap the sponge, just blow, like everything just like <laughs> popped out. Um, however, whew, that three hours and some change, fuck, that is a long watch mm-hmm. that is honestly a long watch um i know this is like <coughs> the the director's cut but i felt like some of it could have been cut a little bit more not to the point where it's like the theatrical cut but like all right like scenes that weren't necessary that didn't like, like every the- time they turn the camera towards eva green's face and she's mm-hmm. just gazing down on them mm-hmm. for what seems like forever and every time it was just her kind of smiling Mm-hmm. a little bit mm-hmm. i'm like okay it started to become really funny yeah like they didn't need that um so one of the one of the things i didn't mind is um didn't mind like if excuse me for liking this movie <laughs> one of the I did like yeah fuck you for liking this movie fuck is i did okay even though his acting wasn't great i did like the journey orlando bloom's character took along in like like the fact that like he's this blacksmith who lost who uh, lost a child, and then his wife killed herself. Um, and how he like murders the priest that like cut her head off and everything like that. Who was played by Michael Sheen, uh, which I which I was just like, damn, that's fucking hardcore with that shit. Um, but just like how this character is like this blacksmith who becomes like, um taken in by these knights who becomes this warrior who becomes a lord who becomes a warrior again who becomes like a general and like the savior of or, or he's trying to be like the savior of jerusalem and shit like that like i i enjoyed that journey and then at the end he just becomes a blacksmith again because he's like all right i did all that i'm just just gonna chill the fuck out now i kind of liked his journey mm-hmm. i felt like though people were like yeah, why not? I'll follow you. Oh, they were just too gonna. It, yeah, it didn't feel like he earned almost any of it. Yeah, some of that. It, it, it's it's so funny because in in the movie that's over three hours long. <clears throat> yeah, a lot of his his people who joined him were like, yeah, sure. 
Yeah. Like that like there's that part where like he he goes into he goes into like a village or a kingdom or whatever. It's not Jerusalem, but he goes into a kingdom and he's carrying like the sword that was Le- that was Godfrey's sword. And like the dude questions him. He's like, "Oh, you're carrying Godfrey's sword. I knew Godfrey, right?" And he's just like <laughs> He was like, yeah, Godfrey was tall as me, and he had green eyes. And then the guy, and then Orlando Blue turns around. He's like, his eyes were blue, and they're like, yeah, all right, he knows. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we believe he's a good guy. Like, yeah, like, like oh, you are him. his son. I'm sorry about his passing. Like, yeah, like that was a little, that was a little hokey. That was a little stupid. <laughs> yeah, like they could have like expand on that, like him building the trust or something like that could have like worked out, but that didn't happen at all. They're just like. He he remember a guy's eyes, uh, the, the color of his eyes. All right, he's all right with us. Yeah. <laughs> um. Uh. All right. So what about now? There there is some action. What did you think of the action in this movie? It's not a whole lot, but like there are some parts where like it ramps the fuck up. I'm kind of mad on it. Mm-hmm. Um. Two reasons. Mm-hmm. First reason, because. It does kind of like a shaky cam thing or like a mm. like a frame rate thing where it's like oh yeah like the the fps drop like a little bit mm-hmm. mm. um so i felt like that was it's just like a like shiny penny thing like it was the cool thing to do so yeah. we're gonna do it yeah like this is this is mid to early aughts let's mm-hmm. let's make it like oh shit you know like how 300 is but i like 300 yeah, I can, I can, see, yeah, I can see that. Um, but the blood was like, just funny. The <laughs> just blood the was score. just funny. It was distracting. Mm-hmm. Well, well, what did, what did you think of? Uh, what did you think of Ridley Scott's directing? I I thought his directing was actually pretty dope, especially like at um, the, like the epic shots where they show like all these horses and all these men and stuff like that. And I don't, I don't know. If he really got all, the, I mean, it seems like a lot of people. So I don't know if if how much of it is like special effects or whatever like that, but it looked legit. Like if he had like mass hordes of like soldiers and warriors and stuff like that in the film, I thought it actually looked pretty dope. I think that there's so much out there that does it mm-hmm. on that scale mm-hmm. that I'm like, okay, like other people can do it, like whoopie do. Yeah. I don't think there was anything really special about the directing of this movie. Really? Yeah. So this segment is going to be me defending this movie, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Do you, can you at least see where I'm coming from? I can see where you're coming from. I can see where you're coming from. You just from. disagree. <laughs> I didn't hate it as much as, as you did. Uh, even though <laughs> Even though it was kind of funny because we had a... How many we had to do like like three watches or we had to do, no it was two was it two because yeah. I remember because I remember we watched it at your place for like an hour <clears throat> and then we left to go watch it at my place for, for an like, hour f- was it for an, no I think it was like two hours it was maybe like an hour and a half because by the time we had we watched it like the next day because it was getting pretty late mm-hmm. um, we had like forty minutes left oh I thought we had an hour left no I think it, it, and that's the thing. Those last 40 minutes, it feels like a fucking hour. Yeah. Because it, I will admit, it kind of dragged on mm-hmm. uh, for like a little while. Um, and sometimes some, some of the, I will admit that sometimes the plot doesn't make sense. 
Mm-hmm. Like, there's this character. There's the king. The king of Jerusalem has like is uh has is a leper. He has leprosy, mm-hmm. right? And then like he's no longer the king, right? Like, or he dies, right? But he like dies off screen, mm-hmm. right? They're like, boom, he's dead. I'm like, okay. Did you know? Well, you did because I'm about to spoil your mind. You know there was Edward Norton underneath that mask. Was it really? Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Um, but, like, he's no longer... The, that, the dude's dead. So that his son is the king, right? Okay. His son is the king for, like, 30 seconds. Because guess what? The kid has leprosy. And then I think le- that's his nephew. No, no. It was his son because Evergreen was the... was uh, No. Yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. That was the nephew. You're absolutely right. That was the nephew because Evergreen was the, the sister. You're absolutely mm-hmm. right. Okay. So the son, uh, sorry, the nephew's the king. 30 seconds, he's got leprosy. Now he's dead. Like, and then he just died. <laughs> and then somehow, and that's somehow, the dude uh, who played Guy is just the key. Like, they just run through that super fast. Yeah. And also, like, I don't like him at all. Oh, and the, the guy uh, uh, who Guy. played Guy? Oh, yeah, that dude was an asshole. But it's like, you know how people are so good? That you really hate the character. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, it, that doesn't really work here. Mm-hmm. Like, I just felt like he was um, like a cliche. Yeah, I can see that. And so I didn't like him because he was a cliche. Like, oh, he's going to be an asshole because he can be an asshole. Yeah, like that character was like poorly written. I also didn't like what um, Eva Green's character did. Because she, first of all, in my mind, I'm not like... All right, my brother's going to die, so my son, like, I'm going to stick with my husband so that my son can become king. Mm -hmm. He's a child. He's either going to die or he's going to learn to be an asshole because because your husband is in -hmm. his life. Like, yeah, like some some of her motivations, they don't really make sense. No. Yeah. Um, so the whole thing where she was like upset cause she killed her son, which then made her husband King like, wait, she killed him. Yes. See, I completely missed that. She killed him. Wow. And, and then her husband became King and she uh-huh. felt responsible for how he was going to go after mm-hmm. the Muslim uh, people and create a war with them. Yeah. And so then she felt bad about it and she cut her hair off and all that stuff like Mm -hmm. because she felt guilty. And so that's the other thing I don't like is that you knew you knew what was going to happen and Mm -hmm. she did it anyway. Mm -hmm. And then Orlando Bloom was like, oh, it's forgiven. Yeah. Like, I love you. Okay. (laughs) No. (laughs) No. Like, I have this thing. I think Mm -hmm. that's part of like... um, my demisexual side uh-huh. where you know how people are attractive, but like I can't see people as attractive if they're stupid or like an asshole. Yeah. You can't, you can't get past. That, I can't yeah. get past it. Yeah. I could not get past it with her. Like, mm. like you did that. I'm done. Goodbye. You don't exist in my brain anymore. Yeah. Like what? <laughs> what? Mm-hmm. Anyways, what happened to the village that he lived in? Who, uh, Orlando Bloom? Yeah. It's, it was there. He went back to it. Yeah, but you mean to tell me that whole time they didn't have any other blacksmiths that came into the town? 
They just let that not. building fall into disrepair. I guess, I guess not. It was, I, I actually thought that was kind of funny when he came back and that that building was still standing. Because when he left, the whole thing was in, on fire. Yeah. And he came back and was like, all right, this is a little burnt. <laughs> still good. It's, it's still good. off. Yeah. It's, <laughs> um, what I did like was that mm. little tree. What little tree? Uh, when he returned and there was like a little tree growing and you could tell it was going to be springtime or it was springtime. Oh, yeah. I liked the tree. Well, it was because sim- to me it was like a little symbol of hope. Yeah, I was just about to say, yeah, symbolism of hope, yeah. So I guess out of the whole thing, I just liked the tree. <laughs> <laughs> the entire movie. I liked the tree. <laughs> one, like, and one thing that actually it really caught me off guard... Um, with this movie was the when Liam Neeson um when when Orlando Bloom catches up to Liam Neeson and, and his his band of knights, right? Mm-hmm. And like they go they go to the area and they're like hunkered down, they're kinda like just chilling and everything. <clears throat> and then that other knight shows up. Uh what's his name? Uh what's his name from Game of Thrones? His name is escaped me right now. Um dude shows up and he's like okay we gotta arrest the blacksmith because he killed a priest mm. right and they leave and then then it happens to like this like mini battle with Liam Neeson and his knights and like Orlando Bloom right mm-hmm. <laughs> it caught me off guard that essentially all of them died except for like one guy <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because like because it seems like it was setting up like okay He's going to join these these band of knights. He's going to learn to fight. And they're going to go on battle together. They'll probably lose a couple people along the way. You know, surely they're going to die when they're, like, defending Jerusalem. No, they died, like, 30 minutes into the movie. Mm-hmm. 30, 40 minutes of a three-hour-long movie. And they died. Mm-hmm. That caught me off guard. And that's why I was like, all right, I kind of like it. <laughs> also, his uh-huh. stance with that sword was very much like... Am I doing it right, Dad? Am I doing it right? <laughs> like, because his, because um, his father basically said, you know, you have to, um, you have to hold the sword high above your head, and you can deflect and defend yourself that way. Yeah. And then he made a point. They made a point of showing you him holding the sword mm. like that every time he was going to start a fight. Yeah. Uh, or enter a fight. I I think it was funny that he just he learned a stance. He learned a stance. Once or twice, and then somehow he became this great knight. Yeah, that was kind of. <laughs> also, I thought only like kings or really high up people could knight people, and he's just knighting left and right, and you know this baby's a knight, and this old grandma's <laughs> a knight, and like. Well, I mean, it. This movie showed showed that to become a knight, all you had to do was kneel. Someone had to say something to you. And then slap you in the face. And slap you in the face and boom, you're a knight. That's all it took. I would have loved to see him knight a baby and then slap the baby slap in the, the face. Baby, slap the dog. Slap the camel. <laughs> slap the little girl. You're all knights. Slap the rock. I know. It's like, slap the rock. Ugh. Slap the river. <laughs> Somehow, like, the rock gets, like, a sore, like, ding <laughs> Pulls it up. Slap the hurricane. <laughs> slap the palm tree. <laughs> night. Night. <laughs> and he's doing it in his sleep. <laughs> he slapped a tube fairy. Night. <laughs> I might as well slap the um the Easter bunny and you know mm. 
the Santa Claus. See, he see, and Jesus. I know. I was just about to say. See, he fucked. See, that's what that's what that's what Jesus fucked up on. If he just got slapped, he would have become a knight and defended himself. I think he did get slapped because he said, "Turn the other cheek." It wasn't slapped hard. It was. It wasn't slapped by Lord. He didn't blow. get turned into a knight, so obviously. Yeah, because he turned the other cheek. Mm. Um. Well, okay. The writing. What did you think of the writing? It's just confusing. It is kind of confusing. Like I think, and maybe because of the length or something like that, but it does get kind of confusing over time. I checked out. I think for a lot of it. Really? Like we sat here watching for the first hour, and I was like, okay. Some mm. of it I'm like kind of unclear on. Like I to odd like honestly cannot remember mm-hmm. why Godfrey was dying. Uh, oh, because he got the arrow. He got the arrow in the arm. Um, and Like in his ribs. It, it, oh, right? yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, in his ribs. And it most likely broke a rib, and then he got sepsis or some shit like that and died. Yeah, I know he got sepsis, but I just can't remember the events leading up to it. <laughs> God, <laughs> one minute he's you just in your mind you see Liam Neeson swinging a sword. The next minute he's like sweating and dying. I don't even in my my brain is like his son joins him and then all of a sudden he's dead, like dying. <laughs> That's it. You know, I I read that I don't know how true this is. This is from IMDb. I read that when Liam Neeson got offered the role, he took it right, and then after he took it, he was like. Oh shit! I don't know anything about the Crusades, so he got, <laughs> so he got a book, the the uh, the dummies book for Crusade. For oh the crusade, my god! And he learned about it real quickly. <laughs> um. Oh, so underlying message. I know because the the topic for this episode is you know grief, grieving hope and faith in the time of war. Mm-hmm. Okay, they kind of really. They, 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 I'm sorry, they don't kind of. They hammer it home about the fact that Orlando Bloom has lost faith. Um, that he's going to... Oh, which, actually, I, it just reminded... I just remembered. He goes to Jerusalem for two reasons. One, to save his soul for killing a priest. Which, in my mind, that priest deserved to die. Yes. Okay. And then two, to save his wife's soul, who committed suicide. Mm-hmm. But within about 30 minutes into the movie, you almost forget he had a wife. I would say 2.5 seconds into the movie. <laughs> in, in your mind, that was 2.5 seconds? Yes. <laughs> so. <clears throat> I think maybe I went into a few state watching this fucking thing. <laughs> okay, so back to what I was saying about how it's about. It, essentially, it's about this dude re- trying to find faith again. Or find his faith again. Like, he goes... He goes to where they they put Jesus on the cross. Like he's he wants to hear God's voice. God's voice never comes and everything like that. But he essentially finds faith in or he re, he rediscovers his faith. Through people. Through people and through battle too. Through like war and stuff like that. Um at least that's the message that I got. And but I don't I don't know if you clearly saw that or if you that's the same thing. It reminded got. me one of the issues I had with the movie was that mm-hmm. he tells everyone under the sun that he doesn't believe in God or God mm-hmm. can't hear him and they're like, All right. You're <laughs> you're a good guy anyway, right? Yeah. He, okay. Yeah, you know Godfrey's eye color. <laughs> um 
and also I I just got the message I got is almost like a fable, right? Like mm-hmm. the tortoise and the hare, like. Mm-hmm. But with this one, it's like do good on do good unto others, mm-hmm. and they'll do good unto you. Okay, you know, and mm-hmm. and not, and I don't think he found his faith again, but I think he found peace. Because he yeah. did the best that he could to stay good and true to himself. Yeah, I, I believe that. Yeah. Like he didn't yeah. play into religion on either side. He just wanted to. He just wanted peace. Yeah, he wanted peace, and he wanted, and he defended the kingdom. He he defended Jerusalem, and and he didn't keep the war going because he did like the um, the mm, king, the yeah. Islamic king. I I actually like that. I actually really like that bit of dialogue where. Um, near the end where Orlando Bloom is like what is Jerusalem worth and then the king is like nothing and then he like walks away and he comes back and he goes everything mm-hmm. I actually like that line because that's like oh okay I totally get what, why they were trying to do like like, uh, like I took it as like on the surface it's nothing but on but like it's hitting it's meaning it's everything yeah. to, to our people mm-hmm. um, like I even like the part where um where the king ends up in the kingdom and he sees the cross and he walks around it. Like he doesn't want, he like, even though this is, it's no longer a Christian establishment, it's not a Christianity ruled kingdom and it's a Muslim or Islamic rule uh, kingdom. Um, he still respects the religion. And he even picks up the gold cross off the ground and sets it on the table. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought like, I, so I thought some of the, some of like when the movie focuses on like the the actual religious aspect of it and everything, and then like focuses on like this dude like trying to find peace. I think it actually works well, but other times it gets hunkered down by this stupid story that just goes like almost almost it goes nowhere, but it mm-hmm. just kind of just drags on and on and on. Yeah. Um. Even like the part where like Gee shows up and he like fights him again. Mm-hmm. It was like he want like the war is over and Gee's like. Fuck you, man! And like tries to like kill him, like, like. <laughs> I was like, all right, really, dude? Like, come on, like, just stop. Yeah, <laughs> just fucking stop. You got nothing now. <laughs> I think they even said something in the movie about how some of the worst people are people with religion. Mm-hmm. Um. So I think it might have been like. I think it might have also been a message about like, religion doesn't save people. Like. Mm-hmm their ability to be civil is yeah yeah um so all in all do you think this movie still holds up no <laughs> don't even ask me that i i have to no you don't I have you to. asked me if i liked it mm. the beginning and i said i still gotta no. ask you I still gotta ask you. I think you're just like torturing me. No, I thought it was gonna be a really good movie for us to watch. You did a high pitched voice, which means you're lying. No, <laughs> totally good movie. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it holds up either. <laughs> so, like the messaging, it does, but everything else, it's like fuck. Yeah, like in a in a really weird way, mm. the messaging is very relevant to today. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. with all the Trump supporters and like the evangelist evangelical people, yeah. like. But it did it in this weird way, like this way that it, like you shouldn't see that connection. But I don't mm. know, it's weird. Yeah. Um. 
All right. Any more? Any more thoughts? Burn this movie. Burn this movie? Damn. Burn it. All right. So that's going to be our show for this week. <laughs> we want to thank everybody for joining us on this week's show. Um, we especially like to thank the folks over at Your Entertainment Corner for hosting this podcast on their website. Uh, for all your film news, TV news, and reviews, go check out yourentertainmentcorner.com. Um, you can find this podcast on all podcast catchers. We're on, well, we're on iTunes, we're on Podbean, Amazon. We're all over the place. Um, so we're going to be back next week. Uh, hopefully not so late into the week. Yeah. Not dying of coughing and not dying of depression and not dying mm. of dying. Of dying. Um, so we are going <coughs> to review, uh, the menu, um, which is in theaters November 18th on Friday. So by the time you listen to this, the movie's going to be out. Uh, so that's in theaters. Um, our geriatric cinematic is uh, will be 1981's My Dinner with Andre. Um, I have heard about this movie. I've actually never seen it, but I one of the things I heard is like the conversations that happen along the movie is actually really good. Mm. Uh, so My Dinner with Andre uh, is streaming on HBO Max and the Criterion Channel, and is available to rent on Apple TV and Amazon. Uh, the Turpic for that week. Uh, will be wine and dining life with a side of chaos. Mm. That delicious chaos. I think at the end of this episode, which mm. is right now, mm. you should look at the title really quick. <laughs> kings will be kings. Yeah, like boys will be boys. <laughs> so kings will be kings. They're going to be... Killing each other. Mm-hmm. Sending people to their death. Questioning their fate. Uh, and being cruel. And being cruel, getting leprosy and stuff like that. Yeah. And this slowly oh, dying off screen. <laughs> it's very dramatic of them. I know, right? Oh, God, just being so dramatic. Oh, I died, but you couldn't see me. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you just forget me already? <laughs> Kings are teenagers. Five, die. <laughs>